welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. Each term, our Masters in Social Innovation students come to Cambridge for a week to attend a residential. It's a busy time for the students who get the opportunity to learn from social innovation practitioners. This June, we were joined by Professor Bill DeMarco and Lieutenant Colonel Brandy Jeffries. Bill is a retired United States Air Force Colonel and the Chair for the Department of Leadership at the Air Command and Staff College in Montgomery, Alabama. Lieutenant Colonel Brandy Jeffries is the Deputy Chair for the same department. I met with Bill and Brandy the day after their talk. I started by asking Bill how, through the United States Air Force, he is working to define social innovation. So social innovation to me is all about making change in a positive manner. Um, You know, we say innovation in the Air Force, people usually go right to a technological solution. But my opinion is that a lot of the solutions are in the people. So when we talk about social innovation is how do we innovate around people or organizations to create positive change? Brandy? Right. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the organizational piece to it. I think anytime you have um, a large group of people that you're trying to motivate towards a common goal or common task, uh, sometimes that can be tricky in how you um, make change in a positive way. And so when I think about social innovation, especially in our context, I I also think about um, how to move people in in a right direction, maybe in a new and unusual way. How do you manage that in something that is as established and as large as the U.S. Air Force is? One person at a time. I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous, I know, but I was active duty for 28 years, and now I've been a civilian with the Air Force for almost, well, three years in a month. So what I've seen is really investing in one person at a time that then invests in one person at a time and so on and so on. You start to have change. The issue is a lot of people want change quickly, And I think that's problematic. But if I look at the change over a period of time, I think we start to see positive change. So what kind of examples can you give me of what you are already doing to make that positive change? Uh, I would just look at some of our students. And so I I was the commandant at the staff college in 2015. uh, And then I came back as a civilian. So I've really been working at the staff college for almost five years now. So we've uh, taught one of our courses, Leaders by Design, for six years because we had an additional year before I came over. And I can start to see those students, you know, and there's 15 per seminar. I normally do two seminars, so 30 per year, let's say, ish, uh, going off to command. And they start understanding more about leadership, more about innovation, social innovation. And it's almost viral because as they go out to their commands, now they're impacting large numbers of people. So Brandy and I don't have to impact uh, a whole lot. We impact the right people who then impact the right people and we create a viral sort of uh, experience. Well, I'll tell you, at, at the local level, so just in our community, we have a group of students, for example, who um, they run a foundation that actually pours back into the community. They infuse STEM curriculum, some mentorship. Um, they raise funds, again, apart from their uh, normal duty schedule. But they, they go out and they do some fundraising efforts through this foundation to put scholarships into hands of underserved populations there. There's a lot of poverty in the Montgomery area, and so I think it's just a small way that in that 10-month student experience, some of the folks who run through our program can actually go out and positively impact the community. 
Um, also, I think at the global level, uh, we accept students from really all over the world into our program. We have about 60 plus countries who send students to attend from their militaries. And so from a macro sort of global look, I think you could argue that there's a bit of innovation going on there too, just, just in terms of sharing knowledge, sharing experiences, sharing curriculum to kind of really point out to everyone that, you know, we're, we're really all the same. Why is it important, do you think, that military in general, not just for America, not just the UK, gets involved in something that is socially innovative, not just, as you say, to do with technology? I think because we impact a large portion. I mean, the military, just in the Air Force, the U.S. Air Force, roughly 720-ish thousand people in the active in the guard. So we have a large group there. We impact our communities in the States or our communities when we're stationed overseas. Example here in the UK with uh, RAF Mildenhall and RAF Lakenheath just down the road. They are interacting with locals all the time. So the idea is we have a big impact. We have a global footprint. And the idea of being socially innovative in these areas, I, I think, has huge payback and large dividends. In terms of PR, for the military is this something that could help give us give a positive spin for you know something that most people are kind of just like really I, you know i think it could but it's just funny because and maybe it's just me i just don't look at it that way um in fact <laughs> i would point out that coming over here people are telling me we need to go talk to our public affairs and let them know that you're doing this i feel like in a way that's self-promotion and i don't want to do that so um, I think if the work is good, people will notice the work. And then if somebody can spin it in that way, that's wonderful. But I would tell you that's not necessarily my job when I'm engaged in social innovation. But it could be our public affairs. It could be other people that could probably show that in a different light. So in thinking about that question, um, can I ask a question for clarification? For yeah. Are, are you thinking more in terms of what would be the benefit of uh, a PR effort to really let others know the other things that the military Absolutely. are involved in aside and apart from defense. Yes. So I'll go back to what something Bill said. I feel, I feel like if we do a good job at it, it, it will be noticed and it's not really in our, in our professional handbook, if you will, to go out and to say, Hey, look, look at what we're doing. Um, well, like Bernie's, it can't be about us, right. really. It's got to be about the entity. And so many times, I think if you go out and say, look at what we or I did, it becomes about Bill or Brandy. That's right. And at it's the not. Level. And I think people that are inherently drawn to the profession, they kind of get that for the most part. The reason we serve is to serve. So that comes with its own set of parameters and guidelines you do it for the sake of service well it's interesting pam because this might be part of the crux of the problem that you're getting at and the question you're asking is i think the majority of people would believe and probably agree with what brandy and i just said and maybe that's why the word doesn't get out is because we do these things but then we don't do it to get noticed because we feel that it's self-promoting when maybe we need to take a bigger more strategic look at what we're doing what is it then that inspires you to take the paradigm of service for the military and fit it into a service for your community and your society? For me, I, I, and it, it, it's a blessing and a curse, but I'm always looking at how to make things better. And sometimes that drives people crazy. But if you get into, a, let's say, a base like Montgomery in Alabama 
we look at that and we say, well, how can we make our community better? But we're doing the same thing on the service side. You know, you show up at a new squadron or a new wing, and the first thing I do, especially in a command position, is say, how do we get better? And then some people perceive that as change just for change's sake, but it's not. It's really, I think when people get to know me, like it's no Brandy, they see that we're doing it from our heart, and really it's in our heart, and it's in the heart of so many servicemen to make things better. So I think that those two go hand in hand, both on base and in the community. The reason that innovative ideas and innovative concepts, innovation in general is so appealing to me is because I I too am attracted to things where I feel like I can make an impact or where um, I can somehow make something better. So in the same way that we roll in and kind of look at a squadron or look at an organization and wonder how can we improve upon it, I mean, you just kind of blow that out to the larger scale. Um, and so that it's the same reason. From a very personal perspective, what led you down this road in the first place? So I grew up in a very small town, a rural town um, outside of Atlanta. And uh, for me, service was a way to get out of that town and to experience things beyond what I had been exposed to in my first 18 years of life. And um, it was a pathway to education, it was a pathway to experience, it was a pathway to serve. And what, ha- what happened over time is it's almost like I joined and then I found my tribe. And it was a group of like-minded individuals who were all unified for the same reason and, and for, for goodness in the world. And uh, I think that's what's kept me there for so long. For me, I grew up in a suburb of San Francisco. I would love to say that I joined the Air Force for service, but I joined the Air Force to go fast. I, I, as a kid, I surfed, I raced cars, I did all these silly things that teenagers in the 80s did. Um, and I thought, well, my car goes fast, a plane goes faster. And I understood I had to go get a college education to get the pilot training. So I went off to the Citadel in Charleston to try to understand the military. And from there, I got to pilot training. I would tell you, it probably wasn't until my first assignment in Germany that I actually understood what service really meant. The Citadel taught me a lot about it, but my upbringing wasn't really about service. It was, it was more like, well, what's in this for me? And it sounds selfish, but that's the way I felt about, well, I can fly jets, I can do this, I can do that. The Citadel showed me the power of, at that time, brotherhood. Now I'd say brotherhood and sisterhood. Brandy's point about your tribe, people with like-minded individuals striving for excellence and service. Uh, going to pilot training and finding out that, you know, it's about your class. I mean, you have individual performance, but it's also about how your class does. And then joining a squadron and finding out that it's not just about flying airplanes. It's really about serving the country, serving our allies. Um, You know, and I understand this idea of the Air Force in terms of lethality. And I think that's what a lot of people focus on is the lethal side. I would tell you, Brandy, in her role, is an HR type person. In my role, I flew for 28 years. I flew transports. I flew tankers, did a lot of humanitarian work, worked in the tsunami, worked in Rwanda, I've worked uh, the Haitian earthquake, Desert Calm, a lot of these operations where really we were there to help. And I would think if I added up all of my hours, my flight hours, and compared combat to humanitarian, probably have double the humanitarian hours. And that became uh, a real driver for me, was going to help people, uh, going to save people. Uh, and that really is where service started to override any idea that I was doing this just to fly airplanes. How do you see yourself moving forward, both as an individual and as people who are teaching other military men and women to think about 
how they can socially innovate, how they can deal with the quote-unquote wicked problems, both locally and globally. So for me, exact, you know, leaving the Air Force and, and not flying now, I mean, the idea of teaching and pouring into other people is really my motivation. It's what, what gets me up every day. What's really interesting is as teachers, honestly, I probably learn more now than I ever did. So when we say teaching, yes, that's part of it. But the people that we get to interact with every day, I learn a ton from, and that, that's very motivating. The idea of innovation, social innovation, inside, inside of big bureaucracy, so many of the people we deal with will say, you can't do it. And that's kind of sad because you can. And I think I have had several personally innovative experiences. It's funny because it's not one person, it's a team. But I've been with teams that have done amazing uh, and very innovative things. And sometimes it's a matter of understanding rules. Sometimes it's a matter of changing rules. And I won't say breaking rules, but therefore sometimes we hamstring ourselves by writing regulations that we wrote 20 years ago that are no longer applicable. So I think some of our students feel that, well, I can't operate in this box. And my mantra would be then either destroy the box or change the box. And there is power to do that. There really is. And sometimes it's an idea of getting sponsors or senior leaders on board, explaining what your innovation is or your social innovation idea is and letting them help you expand or change the box. So, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's the more you know, the more you realize (laughs) there's things that you don't know. So for me, um, the more I explore this area, the more I uncover about it, the more I realize I really need to to learn more. So um, on a personal level, I try to hop into situations, educational experiences, classes, um, where I can learn. Uh, Because as an educator, it's, it's our responsibility to then hop into the classroom and to be able to share all of those things. Um, And then for us in particular, taking that knowledge that we might get from other academic institutions, that we might get from, um, you know, corporate experiences or things like that, translating them in a way that our airmen will understand them. And by understand them, I just mean, you know, translating them into uh, our culture so so that they work and then teaching them in a way that then the students can take and multiply that once they graduate. I think that's how we view our little role in the system is learn as much as you can, translate it, educate others, and then hope that they take it out and it just begins to spread. That was Lieutenant Colonel Brandy Jeffries and retired Colonel Professor Bill DeMarco both of whom are from the United States Air Force and also the Air Command and Staff College in Montgomery, Alabama. You can find out more about the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation by searching for us on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn.